Hey everybody, welcome to episode 16 of Off the Beaten Clef. It's a special one this week in light of some past news this past week of Daft Punk finally retiring officially. Uh, we decided to switch up from what we promised for the second week in a row <laughs> we were going to do twerp. Um, but we decided it would be you know prudent to do a Daft Punk episode. And with that in mind, we brought down our EDM correspondent, Ben Carter. Hey-o. So yeah. So let's get into it. She's up all night to the sun. I'm up all night to get some. She's up all night for good fun. I'm up all night to get lucky. We're up all night to the sun. We're up all night to get some. We're up all night for good fun. We're up all night to get lucky. 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 Hey, we're doing uh, random access memory this week, guys. Let's do it. Yeah, so we wanted to, uh, on 2-21-20, or sorry, 2-22-21, the day that'll live in infamy in my life and certainly Ben's life and all Daft Punk fans around the world, uh, like two days before we were going to record our twerp episode, uh, Daft Punk retired officially after 28 years of making music together. It was a sad, sad day for me and for Ben and, like I said, all Daft Punk fans around the world. So I texted Dill. I was like, hey, man, I know this sucks, but can we switch the band two days before we were planning on recording? Uh, Some other stuff happened. We're actually recording a little bit later than that even. So um, give us some more time to kind of digest this album. But I chose Random Access Memories um, because it was their last studio album. And in retrospect, looking back at it, it almost always kind of felt like a full circle album to me. Like the... For a little backstory on Daft Punk, the, they're robots, quote unquote, but they had, you know, they became robots when they're in the studio and the studio exploded and they ex- emerged as robots. And they've been kind of having this theme of human versus robot in their music ever since. And this was their most human. Every every you know, album from the homework to uh, random access memories got a little bit more human, I felt like. Uh, so... I felt like this was a full circle album and it almost feels like it felt like a goodbye then, but it feels certainly much more like a goodbye album now listening to it, knowing what happened. So it was really weird actually like going back now that we know. Yeah. Now that we know exactly. So, um, that was the voice of Ben Carter. Oh, hey. Welcome yeah, down. Welcome That's back, me. Ben. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be uh, back talking some more music. Yeah, Ben's a uh, part of the infamous uh, top tw- top songs of 2020. Yeah. The Lost Episode. The Lost Episode. Live in Infamy Forever. <laughs> One of the reasons we can never remember what episode it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ben, how you been? And uh, we want to hear your opening thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I've been all right other than, you know, my car exploding. Thanks again for, uh, you know accommodating me guys and uh we're doing this a little bit later but actually you know in retrospect i think i'm kind of glad the way it happened uh because it did give us a little bit more time to really digest it gave me time to really frame my thoughts and then on the way down listening to it having my notes all done and everything just listening to it it was it was awesome um but yeah i mean wow like here we are like this is now officially we're at the end of the beginning of an era with daft punk retiring and you know when i first heard the news of Daft Punk calling it a career, I, I tried to take it in stride. I really did. Um, you know, it's far from shocking. You know, given their reclusive nature and you know their absence from tours ever since their legendary Alive 2007. Um, but man, when I watched Epilogue, the video they released, kind of announcing it, um, it really, really hit home yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wept like a baby for like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it, it really hit home. Then you know, despite knowing very little about them, like beyond their names. 
Um, I'm going to try it. Tomal Bengalter and Guy Manuel de Omem Cristo. I don't know if Paul, if Paul listens to this, he's going to yell at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not even close, Katea. <laughs> Um, but they, they have like, despite knowing very little about them, they've had a huge impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching silver, which as I'll call him silver and gold, uh, watching him self-destruct, it sent, it sent shivers down my spine and it really felt like a piece of me went with them. Um, you know, Daft Punk were true Titans of the music industry. And it sometimes it felt like they were barely trying. Yeah. Like, sure. I, uh, honestly, like I, I don't think they were trying to become the formative voice of EDM. It just kind of happened. So it's, it's, it's wild to look back on it now, um, now that we know it's done and it really gave everything kind of a frame of perspective when we're, when I was listening to random access memories it's from 2013, by the way. Um, but you know, maybe I guess my opening thoughts are, are like, maybe it's all true. Maybe the explosion on September 9th, 1999 at 9.09 AM, yeah. maybe it was all true. Maybe these guys are robots and this is just their way of communicating with the humankind. And it's, it's kind of a hard album to piece together. Yeah. Um, but it feels like there's kind of three main paths of musical art. You got to travel here. And uh, there's like a deeply introspective path. There's a road paved with deep funk and dancing the night away. And then there's the, this side street that nobody else sees other than Daft Punk. And it's just wild and wacky tracks, just doing whatever the hell it is Daft Punk does and doing it well. It's not my favorite Daft Punk album, but it is their biggest, and for good reason. It's it's a damn fine work. Yeah, I mean, they won Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, Get Lucky won Track of the Year that year. So it was it's by far their most commercially successful album. And um, yeah, man, they, they, they changed music forever. They had kind of a Beatles effect on music. Um, it's like pop music, the same kind of way. They kind of changed the way it was recorded. They changed the way, they certainly changed EDM forever. They kind of drug EDM out of the the warehouses of Europe, kicking and screaming into the social consciousness with uh, homework, certainly, but definitely with Discovery. I mean, that that album is is legendary, and I, I really wanted to do Discovery, but again, for multiple reasons, I wanted to do Ram. Another reason is because I knew it would be more accessible for you, Dill, because it does have some lyrical cut tracks on it, and it's more of like a true. It's not a true EDM album either, so it's it's way more accessible than a lot in. in than a lot of other Daft Punk stuff. That's, but to that point, the reason Discovery and Homework were so widely, you know, formative for EDM is because they were way more accessible than any EDM that was out at the time. I mean, you think about other stuff that was out in the late nineties. I mean, that's the Sandstorm era. You know, like that's the kind of EDM that was still around when Daft Punk was making Discovery and Homework, and they really changed the face of EDM forever. We talked about that with Avicii, where a lot of these current artists owe Avicii a lot, but Avicii owes a lot to Daft Punk. Absolutely. And um, a lot of artists in that time owe a lot to Daft Punk. And, uh, you know, and I, like I said, Electro Pop today, they, they, they really kind of paved the way for a lot of these just regular pop artists. Like, you can't listen to a top 40 radio without hearing some sort of EDM influence now. And, and Daft Punk really made that you know, a, a good thing to do. And it made it, that sound accessible and right and good. And it brought music into the future. So you, it, Daft Punk's influence on music as a whole can't be understated. Um, me and Ben have a, 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 sta- like a, a mantra that we have where everything's better with Daft Punk. No matter what you're doing, you could be taking a shit or you could be doing literally anything. You turn on any Daft Punk song, it immediately becomes more enjoyable. So they, I mean, not just on my life, but I think just on the music industry as a whole, they, they really kind of shaped everything and they kind of touched all genres. I mean, Kanye sampled one of their songs. 
Um, I think they actually produced on that too. Yeah, they, they stronger. Yeah, they produced on Stronger. They produced uh, The Weeknd. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've just done all kinds of crazy shit in the music industry, and they're, they're going to be sorely missed. Like, I'm going to miss them big time. And uh, it, it, like Ben said, it wasn't surprising, um, but it, I wasn't quite ready for it either. So Yeah, yeah and I think something that sh- should be appreciated is the fact that they did not want any notoriety yeah. for them like themselves personally like especially in the culture of music now where it's like me 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 they hid behind the the robot guys and yeah. you know that's that's so admirable that they yep. just played into it and they never wavered with it yeah, you know they're almost, almost obstinate with it at some point yeah, yeah. yeah. right <laughs> like no we're robots <laughs> 30 30 years have gone by and they still like keep the helmets on yep. like you can see old pictures from like early 90s of yeah them. there's a couple interviews with them in, in like as humans but there's like maybe one or two and it's not it's super rare but even their like Grammy acceptance award, yeah, it's so is great. Like the the robots are telling us to say like <laughs> that's just playing it up, and yeah. I I really appreciate like really selling the bit. Mm-hmm. It's almost Andy Kaufman esque. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, um, it's but, a wild and wacky tale. It's, <laughs> it's cloaked in some mysterious, unique energy to these robots, yeah, and to the enigmas behind the mask. And I don't think this will probably. Knowing you two, this will not be the last Daft Punk album we do for this podcast. No, we're, we're certainly going to do Discovery at some point. We have to do Discovery. Yeah, okay. it but, deserves to be talked about, yeah. especially with Interstellar 5555. 5555 is the best thing to say. longs. But for the sake of this specific album, I knew a lot more songs than I thought I did. Yeah. There was... Some Pharrell fatigue, I remember around yeah. this time, but I really like Pharrell, so yeah. like well, I was really into these. Yeah, this songs. was like during his like explosion. Yeah, Pharrell was on Blurred Lines the same year, yeah. and he did Happy uh, the year after. Yeah, Happy, so yeah, Pharrell was everywhere. Yeah. So. Um, but it was really cool to listen to some interviews, and the Pharrell one is most interesting about how um, Daft Punk kind of reached out to him, and he, they were like, uh, "You want to come out?" And so he flew out there and. They like gave him some drugs and they wrote two songs and then he's like he flew back he's like I don't remember doing any of that he's like they got me so messed up and he's like it was like listening to the songs for the first time again yeah. and I was like that's just really cool to yeah. like know you're a part of something and I'm sure the Beatles feel the same way like yeah. we got really high oh yeah wrote especially towards the end of their career yeah. Sergeant Pepper and we just uh, but you know it was just a really cool. To do like we said, we pushed uh, recording back, so I did a little bit more research than I normally do. But it was really cool to see how Daft Punk just was in this disco era, and that's where Pharrell was at the time, and it kind of made for the perfect marriage for a couple of my favorite songs on this album. Yeah, I think this album was exactly what the world needed at the time too. It just, it just it's one of those moments in time and music that it's just it was the perfect album for the perfect time in that in that part of the in this world. So it just it just it was, everything was right for random access memories. Yeah, and to touch on what you said about uh, when going back to the Avicii episode we did, uh, it, so True, the album we did, is actually from 2013 as well, which is the yeah. same year Random Access Memories came out. It came out later in the year. But um, it's that's that's crazy to me to think about, that this is the end of Daft Punk's career that we're talking about now with Random Access Memories. Yeah. And think how far, how much they pushed things in their four albums. Homework, is their, their debut in 97, is wildly different from Discovery, which is wildly different from human after all and random access memories is it's very much its own animal. So it's crazy to how far they came at the end of their career. Yeah. And then you see like something blossom like a Vici in that same year later on. It's 
So you really, really can see what they did and who they influenced mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I didn't have. Do you want to want to hop into the album here? Let's do it. Uh, I didn't have any set like order for it, so we'll just go clockwise around the room here. Um, deal. I'll let you start. Sounds good. Uh, track number one is "Give Give Life Back to Music." Sound sound it out. Yes, give life back to music. I put give life back to music. <laughs> give so give life back to music. Yeah. <laughs> um, this song is a good indication of what the rest of the album will be. Yeah. I think it's like a perfect amalgamation of um, what you're going to expect from this album. Uh, it's like disco guitar driven, um, but it still has that like spacey feel that Daft Punk is known for, at least to me. You yeah, know, I'm, sure. oh, I'm a noob. So you are to correct. the general listener, <laughs> yeah, you are correct. I'm going to be more relatable than you guys are, unless we have like true EDM. I don't fans. think we do. I don't think our audience is really made up of a lot of EDM <laughs> listeners, to be honest with you. But um, so I think that's good. I, I like doing EDM episodes with you because it's a, it's an interesting perspective because me and Ben have been listening to it pretty much our entire lives. So. Yeah. And something that kind of bugs me, but also like. If you're like my notes, listen, the repetitive course has kind of annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. But when you're listening to it casually, it doesn't bug you as much. Yeah, I get and that. I think totally that's get that. an, an, an intention because there are some long ass songs. Yeah. Yeah. I think track three is nine minutes long. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Assholes think <laughs> I want to listen to some guy speak for nine dude, minutes. Dude, Giorgio by Moroto was a I great song. I did my song. research. I did my <laughs> research. Oh, this, oh. Don't get me started on Giorgio yet. <laughs> um, uh, but there's a wild animated music video for this song, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and it was like weird and cool at the same time. I don't know. Have you guys seen it? I didn't, Where they're like on a spaceship? One? Yeah, they may, may have been like a fan made video or something. Maybe. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen um, that. Was it on the Daft Punk Vivo? I put it in YouTube, and I don't think it was from their okay, yeah. particular Vivo. But um, it this song kind of reminds me of Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. It reminds me of like the boom, boom, boom. Yeah. My honko, boom, boom. My supernova girl. I, could, I mean. it's Yeah, you're you're right on track though. It's it's space funk. Yeah. That's yeah. what this yeah, album that's is. that's what they're going for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the vibe I got. I tried to give my thoughts as organically as I could listening to it. Yeah. Because I know I'm not going to be as uh, well-versed with the shit as you guys are. <laughs> sure. So Yeah. Ben, what did you think? So, yeah, I mean, Give Life Back to Music starts off with a great riff. First oh, off. yeah, like, it hits you, you right in the face. Yeah, I, like I know you guys like talking about like how does an intro track fit as the intro track. So Right off yeah. the, right off the bat. Yeah, it's, it sucks you right in. So right off the bat, you know you're in the hands of somebody who's going to tell you a story and not just throw music at you is what it says to me. It's so instantly funky and fun in the way that only Daft Punk can be, mm-hmm. uh, bringing disco rhythm into the 21st century and doing it with their own robotic voices. It, it's it's a great intro track, like really a, to fit that role. And um, it establishes early on in the album for me that Daft Punk still has a knack for telling a whole story with mm-hmm. very few words. Like you were talking about, Dylan, like that's kind of like that is idiomatic for them. Like they have very repetitive lyrics. And, um, a lot of times you think back even to discovery, like with harder, better, faster, stronger, there's digital love. Yeah. There's not that many unique words. Yeah. Well, digital love is an actual song. So yeah. Yeah. But they still manage to tell a story just by repeating the same things, but making it different and making the music around it feel different. Um, this one specifically, I counted a total of 13 different words across four different lines, <laughs> repeated over and over, and that's all I need. Let the music of your life give life back to music. And I, I, that's literally half of the lyrical content, and it still stands out to me. Um, they want you to feel the music, and they want you to feel your music. Yeah. And if Daft Punk can provide your type of music, you're in luck. So, I mean, strap in because Random Access Memory is going to be a wild ride. 
Yeah, and uh, I think this this the title track is the um, the credo for this album. I think this is what they were trying to intentionally do with this album was give life back to music. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier, where this is kind of exactly what the music industry needed was an album like this, kind of a neo funk uh, homage to inspiration. And that's what this whole album is about. It's about them bringing in people that inspired them, bringing up sounds that inspired them, and giving life back to that music and giving life mm-hmm. back to the music industry as a whole. And that's exactly what this album did. And I think it's such a cool track. Um, like I said, those synth, that heavy guitar and those synth arpeggios hit you right right off the bat, but then it quickly settles into a really nice, like groovy pocket. And that's what a lot of these songs do. Like, the, there's nothing really that kind of blows your face off in this album. It's all in that kind of like really groovy, like disco pocket. And I really, really dig it. Um, it's got that really punchy disco guitar and that boom, 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 like it's that's the that's the sound of this album and it's just it's it's so well constructed and right off the bat you can tell I always talk about production value and nobody has better production value in EDM than than Daft Punk immaculate it's it's so 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 clean and perfect and um, that I think that's why I ended up liking them so much at an early age is it's like the it was the first time I ever heard something like that sound so good. And so silky smooth to the ear, and the, even when they're like distorted and stuff like yeah. that, and the 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 vocoder vocals, which are by nature kind of crackly, they still sound smooth and clean. And uh, yeah, it's just a good opening track, and uh, it really sets the mood for the the rest of the album. And I think what Daft Punk was trying to do with this album. So um, we'll move on to just a shout out. Yeah, sure. On the gift life back to music to Nile Rodgers. Yeah. So this is this is the first time uh, this is the first time on the album, the first song, but first time that Nile Rodgers is featured, laying down those uh, tasty, tasty licks straight from the old discotheque. Yeah, Nile Rodgers um, is legend. And he's all he's all over the album, but this is the first one, and like that's that's who's providing, that's who's sinking you down into that little disco yeah, yeah. pocket cap. It's yeah, it's great. It's a great. It's and a great album. R.I.P. I, I don't have a whole lot of bad things to say about this album. Just. <laughs> It's just, there are some songs that I don't necessarily love, but um, I'm going to have a lot of good to say as well. So, um, yeah, Ben, Game of Love. This is the game of love. Can we swap? Are you willing to trade me? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you talk about Marauder. That's yes. fine. We'll go We'll go counterclockwise. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I'll start with uh, Game of Love. Um, I said this is very reminiscent of Digital Love on Discovery, but uh, very different at the same time. This has a bit more like human elements to it than Digital Love. Digital yeah. Love sounds like a robot singing a love song, um, and this is certainly slower than Digital Love. Um, there's more real instruments, like there's more guitar here, whereas Digital Love is very digital. So, um, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Uh, and really, I focused on. I already talked about the vocoder, and I, there's very few bands that have like free reign to use vocoder all the time, and Daft Punk is one of them. Um, there's very few others I can think of, like Grand Funk Railroad maybe. <laughs> um, they, but they, they, they just do it so well. So it's to the point where something that sounds inherently cheesy sounds very professional and has that kind of squeaky clean, like, uh, like timbre to it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a really good slow track. And I think we talk a lot about like a rising action and falling and out in, in albums. I think this, this, what this album does is it alternates like pace very well, but it never really goes quick. 
it's kind of like a it's like a float through a lazy river and sometimes you get hit by a waterfall but you're immediately back into like a nice comforting place whereas like it's not like a roller coaster like when we normally talk about and it's there's usually it's it's like a faster track slower track faster track slower track and it kind of like just kind of rocks you to into this really comfortable musical place and uh, game of love really does a good job at that so um I guess we'll just keep the, the cycle going since Ben ruined it after the first song. So, Dill, you're up. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> I thought this was a, a curious second choice for a song just because, like, how cocky you get a beat to throw a slow song in at track two? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. you, you know if people are tuning in. And this one album of the year, so what do I know? But, like, I was like, why is this so fucking slow? Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say the first time I listened to this album, Dill, I was very, very thrown off by it yeah, like yeah yeah and, and that's fair like it yeah. makes sense to be thrown off i had it took me it took me like two or three lessons to really it was like okay i do like this album yeah we're we're in what album six we're this is our 16th episode and normally when we start talking about albums you kind of get in like a rhythm yeah. like you listen to it and you're doing your notes and stuff and like you get into like how a rise and fall of an album and I don't know if it's just because I wasn't ready for it or yeah. it's just like I've never really encountered an album that's like that daring to throw a slow <laughs> sure. song in track two. But uh, I just wasn't a, a huge fan of the song after sure. I've, I really liked the opening track and the like the the disco feel. And like I feel like uh, this track kind of slowed things down to a halt for me personally. Yeah. Um, it feels like maybe a late album song. It yeah, I can like I agree it would with fit that. better like in the later like right before the <clears throat> last song or whatever, but that's just my thoughts. I totally agree with you. I think, um, traditionally this would be like an end of album palette cleanser. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, I to- yeah, I totally understand it as well. I-, I think this one's more for, it was about introducing a little bit more of what people knew them from like just getting that vocoder back in there like so that it's it's silver and gold singing again yeah. like when you hear that vocoder in Daft Punk tracks like on all their albums it's it's just credited to Daft Punk it doesn't give it to either of the individual guys it's just always Daft Punk so you know it's one of them providing it and just tuning the shit out of their voice um so i think that's their way of just introducing that back like yeah don't worry guys it's still here um but yeah, no, I get it. I, it there is nothing. There is nothing that was going to make you ready to go on this synth laced magic carpet ride, Dill. You just got to do it. Yeah. So, Game of Love. Um, it's not one of the most special tracks to me either. Yeah. Is it, it, it does? It, it kind of stops things from the first track. Like you know, hold up. I, I thought we were just getting ready to groove into the wee hours of the morn. Um, well, we, the thing is too. Like everybody had heard "Get Lucky" before this album dropped. We're like, yeah, "Oh shit, yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. be a fucking yeah. rocking fucking dance album." And then we get "Game of Love." It's like, "Whoa, hey, Daft Punk, what are we doing, bud?" Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's so this this starts out the second path that I was talking about earlier when yeah. I said there's three kind of paths to give life back to music. It's very much that funk path. Um, this one starts out the the deep introspection, and it's the first time like. I, on any other albums, I think that you really start to get a picture into the mind of, yeah. of the men behind the mask. And it's, it's a sad, slow melody. It's full of longing for love's past. Um, but it never, it never does lose that funky identity that's on the album. Um, it's got a little meaty bass all the way throughout and just a hint of electro yeah. omnipresent. And it's, uh, it creates a kind of a really haunting track. Um, and to me, it's always been kind of hilarious to think of our two favorite robots moping, moping around, pining over the ones who got away. <laughs> um, but it, it does introduce a couple of themes that, that drip from the notes of random access memories. 
and it's the duality of man and machine, like uh, you had talk, said earlier in the yeah. intro. Like that's one of their themes throughout their career, and the lines between blurring farther every day as we get farther into the future. Um, I think this is the most surface level of the introspective tracks on sure. the album. Uh, it's probably just about love, but it um, it could also some of the have uh, some of the deeper meanings that I'll touch on later. Um, but it's not. It's definitely not a track I'm ever going to be amped to come back yeah, to. Yeah, I, I, this is a song I would skip normally. Yeah. So. I, I do think it's a good piece of writing. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you're up, Mr. Giorgio by Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I do want to say my first note on this song is spoken word isn't Dylan's thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, Dylan, but I, I don't care, bud, because I love this track. And I know, I know not everybody's going to be writing home about this one, but I freaking would. Um, this song took me by complete surprise the first yeah. time I listened to Random Access Memories. After right after purchasing it on the iTunes shop way back in the day, oh, shit. Um, as like this was pretty much the most anticipated album of my lifetime. Yeah, like this is somebody I grew up listening to, grew up as a hardcore fan of, and they they hadn't really released anything since I'd become a relatively mature person. Yeah, Human After All was what two thousand six. Yeah, like I kind of got a little bit with Metallica when they released Death Magnetic, but sure. I was still in high school. Yeah, for Death Magnetic. So um, this was like the first real time that somebody from my childhood who has already like made a name for themselves was coming out with something like really new for me to dig into. So you know, I, I had no idea really knowing what to expect because I knew it's Daft Punk. I knew it was going to be different, um, and I had already watched EDM exploding into this crazy diverse world it is now. And even in twenty thirteen. Uh, as we touched about in, in Avicii, uh, there was all sorts of different sounds going on. But the first two tracks were kind of in the field of whatever I figured was coming. But I did not expect this. Uh, Giovanni Giorgio Moroder is a is a freaking legend, and rightly so. Like he's considered among the founders of dance music. Uh, he's the one that provided like the the track to Donna Summer, "I Feel Love." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's incredible i could listen to that all day um but to record him just musing over the beginnings of his career as a two-minute spoken word intro to a nine-minute epic of a track is just so weird it's freaking amazing to me and the editing behind his anecdote is brilliant with like the crowd murmurs and the way it ends my god my name is giovanni giorgio but everybody calls me Georgia. Then it's got that slight pause. It creates that vacuum that you were talking about last week. And then that sound just abruptly launches you into this beautiful storm of arpeggio and electro jazz. As a 23-year-old, I crammed. I had to get a fresh pair of trousers. I crammed. I crammed. (laughs) It's very appropriate to use the French pronunciation. Yeah, see? (laughs) You can see what I did there. Um, But then later on in the song, like the second short burst of his spoken word, I think is even better. Yeah, I agree. It's once you free your mind of the concept of harmony and music being correct, you can do whatever you want. And that's really powerful. And it speaks a lot to what Daft Punk Mm -hmm. did with their career and what they wanted out of their career. Um, Because they didn't really care what everybody else was thinking or what everybody else wanted from them. They were just going to do their own thing. So that, that, that line really hits home. And I think it really hit home for Daft Punk as well. Um, and from one of their heroes too. So, um, and then like that, of course, it, the verse sails right into like a seemingly random orchestral bridge because why not? You know, we're the artists; we can do what we want. I, I just love it. Um, last thing for me is just I can't forget my favorite line in the song is, "Well, I know the synthesizer. <laughs> why don't I just use the synthesizer?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it cracks me up every freaking time. 
All right, Dill. Let's yeah, let, let's have it. No, we're going counterclockwise now. Remember, Ben ruined everything. <laughs> yep, he sure did. Um, just use a this lot of the stuff I had was basically just information on these songs <laughs> okay. because I wasn't a huge fan. Sure. So I tried not to say too many mean things. You can be mean. It's okay. Um, it's only our favorite band ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, where I lost my. Spot. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you okay. can go. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just remember back. that you're next. Uh, Does the song next. need to be nine minutes long? Is well, I, it was the main thesis of sure, what I wrote. Sure. Um, obviously, it's their album. They can do whatever they want. They want album of the year, so I'll just keep referencing that. So what the fuck do I know? But nine minutes long, uh, yeah, it man. just feels like you know what? You got our time, so we're gonna do what the fuck we want with yeah. it. And I respect it, but I also like listening to it. I'm like. There's a lot of dead space here. We could clean this up. Well, that I think it's also I think it's a tip of the cap a little bit. They sent their their it's a song based around like one of their heroes from the yeah. olden days, right? And so I think it's kind of a tip of the cap to the olden days of EDM where songs were seven, eight minutes long like, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Just because it was people just kind of playing around and figuring out what they wanted. So I think it's kind of a tip of cap to that too. The spoken word would have been fine if it was like like a like an intro to the next song. You know what I mean? Like Making it one song is is fine, but also I can disagree with it. So I didn't. I was like, yeah, you're you can think whatever you want. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, I already knew you weren't a fan of spoken words. Yeah, yeah. I don't think either. Of you guys are. I don't. I don't, I don't hate it. Songs. It's it's. I love it in this song. I think yeah. it's really well done in Giorgio by Moreno. Like especially like it's like when I knew I needed the click and they do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's then that, what I was saying well, the editing behind it. Yeah, it's just really well done. The way they worked in the musical elements he was talking about as he was talking about them was yeah. really cool. Um, I love that part. Yeah. It's like, I knew this was the sound of the future. I knew yeah. I needed to click. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted the sound of the 60s, the sound, the sound of the 70s, 70s, and the sound of the future. And I knew I needed to click. <laughs> well, that's, what he, that's where he says, I, well, I know the synthesizer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, just great. Um, and it just, I, I found it incredibly charming. And this was the first track on the album that I was like, oh, okay. This is Daft Punk. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. As soon as that space arpeggio comes yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, there was the debate for a long time after this album came out. It's like, is this an EDM album or is it just a dance album or what is it something completely different? And I think this is the first time they really give you a, a, a little morsel of EDM just to kind of keep your, like keep those people around that were used to Daft Punk. But I mean, Daft Punk isn't known for super long songs either though. No. I mean, uh, I mean, homework, well, homework has some long songs around the world and too yeah. long. Like they have one. Every yeah, too, album it's literally called too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I, I this was when I first listened to it. This was my favorite one because it was again, it was that first one that gave me that taste of the Daft Punk I've been wanting for seven years since they had released Human After All, and I was like, okay, shit, let's go more Daft Punk. And then um, as I've listened to it over and over again, I appreciate the spoken word parts of it, but I do kind of agree with you, Dill, that it does kind of drone on a little bit, and that's it could have been like a minute or two shorter and had the same effect, I think, and. But again, who am I to question Daft Punk? I mean, they they did it for a reason. They did it because they wanted to give their one of their heroes the time to breathe, and it does make that spoken word section at the end have a little bit more poignant because you're kind of like, okay, and then it comes in, and then you have the 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 weird kind of triumphant like ascending to heaven thing yeah. after he's done speaking, and uh, it makes it kind of poignant, and yeah. it's 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 a good track. I, I really enjoy the the wholesome nature of it and the the space that they gave their hero to breathe. So, um, it's my favorite use of spoken word ever, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, uh, outside of like maybe civil war by with guns yeah. and roses, okay. civil war is a great, uh, anything with, uh, 
I mean, Mushroom Head does really good like snippets of spoken word. Um, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting to talk about Mushroom Head. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> Mushroom Head's always on the, the forefront of my mind. Um, <laughs> the band, not the the. The we're, euphemism we for a dickhead. I hear, right, guys. I am always thinking about wieners. Yeah, um, but anyway, um, if you guys are done, let's move on to within. And I think, Dill, this is you. Yeah, uh, I said this song is ethereal jazz club music. That's yeah. how I felt. About right. Like, I, where you were in your head cannon last week, I tried to like recreate that a little bit because I was like, <laughs> you sure. know what? I'm not going to have, have a lot to offer. So yeah. how does it like? What do I picture when I hear this mm-hmm. and? Uh, I felt like I was like down on my luck, sitting in a jazz club. There's sm- smoke filling the room, and you're just contemplating where it all went wrong. And you see like this sexy ass girl singing, and you're like, "All right, I got a little bit of hope." Yeah, sure. And that's just uh, how I felt. I, it Sounds was like really good time to me. I made me Google hats, like '50s hats, <laughs> <laughs> and jazz clubs that still allow smoking. It made me Google hats. <laughs> Here's our next T-shirt. So there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made me Google hats. Uh, so yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, super inter- interesting anecdote. Dill, I would just go fuck myself now. <laughs> no, Dill, no, I did, I did. no, dude, I, I appreciate that because that's. I think that's again. Uh, they, I think this is a somber song. So at the fact that you were transported to kind of this depressing part, like like not part of your life, but a depressing kind of like headcanon, I think is totally, uh, you know, apropos for this. And, um, you know, it, it, and I wrote clean piano is not something I thought I would ever hear on a Daft Punk album. Right. Never, never in my life. Right. Like guitars and actual drums were weird on human after all. And then we get a bunch of it on this album. But then clean piano is just not something I ever expected to hear. Um, and it hurts me to listen to this song now knowing what's happened. Um, the first time I went, cause I, this, cause this track really what didn't stand out to me on my, like when I used to listen to it before the, uh, the retirement or split up, whatever it is. Um, but now listening to it, it almost, this feels like a track that they knew, mm-hmm. they knew this was it and they knew this was going to be their mm-hmm. last album potentially. And this feels like a goodbye song. And, um, yeah, it just hurts, man. It hurt, it hurt me to listen to. Again, it's it's not a super like standouty song on the album for sure, but it, it holds an emotional weight now in hindsight, and uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit more because of that. I also, <laughs> you know, I, the pain was still fresh when I was taking my notes. Listen, so I was, it was it was it was probably a little bit more poignant to me than it might have been otherwise. But yeah, it's it's again, it's just it's. It, it's it's almost like they were it was them showing that they were tired mm-hmm. in the song and they, that they were just ready to be they were looking within and they they, they realized well, hey man we're fucking tired they, but it know, didn't make you Google hats it didn't it didn't <laughs> oddly enough I know that's the the you, you, the thing that norm, most people yeah. do with this song is Google hats I thought um, about you know like, I there's something I need to look up right now but it just it didn't come to me. <laughs> Hats bring comfort. Did you? I want to. Did you search fifties hats, or did you just literally type in hats? I put in like Sinatra hat. Okay, so that's okay. Okay, that makes more sense. I got a clearer picture because I I picture you googling hats, listening to this pretty sad song, and like the first thing that pops up is like an umbrella hat, like one of those red, green, and white ones or whatever. It's like this isn't what I was looking for. A little propeller hat. (laughs) Oh, geez. Um, were, Were you? Yeah, I'm, I didn't have a whole lot to say about this. Okay. Um, so the first thing I wrote down is, that, well, I guess it's time to ponder the meaning of life now. Yeah. Um, because, so what you said, Kevin, it wasn't a standy outy kind of track for yeah. me. 
it is now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, it's, it's growing on me very fast. Um, as I've listened to this album a ton now in the last week, uh, when we first decided to do this and I queued random access memories up, I, I didn't even really remember with it. Yeah. Neither did I. There's a um, lot of tracks I forgot about on yeah, this album actually. I, I recognized it once the vote, like, uh, once the vocal kicked in, but, um, I don't think I ever gave it a real chance when the album mm-hmm. came out. Uh, I think I was just too caught up in all of this other elegant nonsense on the album. Um, but listening to it now, I just don't think I was ready to listen to within at 23. Sure. Um, this song is gorgeous. It's filled with an oppressive melancholy that just, I couldn't have grasped at the time from my favorite musical artists that identified with party, party, fun times, um, (laughs) for most of my life. So it it is co-written by somebody. So it's not just Daft Punk. It's co-written by Brace Yourselves, Mm -hmm. Chili Gonzalez. What a name and (laughs) fitting me and fittingly what a chilling track. Um, so there, again, there aren't many, many lyrics to dissect, but the ones that are there leave a lasting impact if you really tune in. And it's the second verse that really gets to me. Um, there are so many things that I don't understand. There's a world within me that I cannot explain many rooms to explore, but the doors look the same. Uh, I am lost. I can't even remember my name. Yeah. It's the men behind the masks grappling with their own choices to create separate identities within themselves. And I do think, I I think that's a big part of what drove them to hang it up. Um, I think it's a poignant reminder that even these robot superstars were once humans with regular old human lives. And I I think it's, it's interesting to be able to look back on it now and, and see them actually starting to grapple with the downside of it. So, um, yeah, this song's really, really growing on me. Cool. Um, yeah, it's my turn. We're into instant crush. This is the first like vocal feature. If you, unless you count, uh, Giorgio. Um, but we got Julian Casablanca on this track. who absolutely slays this song. Uh, I love, I love all the, the tracks that have featured vocals. I think they all bring a unique something to the song. Um, and, but I really, really, really love the, the synth line that mirrors the vocals throughout the, the main, um, uh, verses. I think it's just a really cool, just a cool recording technique. To and he's the lead singer of the Strokes, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those. It's again, this is a this is we're going with Ben's three pass. This is kind of more of a like the party kind of song. I think um, it, it's it kind of it's it's an earworm for sure. It buries your it buries itself in your your mind and just kind of stays there. Um, again, this wasn't again this wasn't a huge standyotti track to me on my first few listens. Like the, but it, you know it's a good track. It's 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 slow still, but it's got enough momentum to kind of build back up from within. So you're not kind of in this depths of despair. Uh, and it, it's really cool to. Um, to hear the kind of ethereal quality, but also kind of picked up a bit. And it's also got a fucking guitar solo, which mm-hmm. kicks ass at the end. Um, it's no aerodynamic or digital love guitar solo, but uh, it's it's still cool to hear. Like it's it's almost like a sad guitar solo. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good track, and you know, but I love uh, the vocals on the song specifically. So yeah, again, I, I, knowing what's coming up is it's it's hard for me to kind of focus on these 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 this three song stretch here so um ben i'll pass it over to you for your thoughts on uh instant crush yeah so we do up the tempo a little bit from within so that um you get back into that little bit of party uh but i think this one fits in on that third path actually the path that nobody but daft punk sees sure just kind of wildly experimental just doing what they want to do because uh with this collab with casablanca's i think you can tell that it was heavily collaborative between Daphne yeah, and, and, and Julian Casablancas. Um, 
because uh, honestly, mostly because it's probably the most lyrical content of any Daft Punk song like ever. <laughs> yeah, outside of maybe Digital Love, which I keep referencing because um, it's my favorite song on that album. <laughs> yeah, oh, Digital Love is amazing, but um, no, it, yeah, it definitely has more to dissect than Digital Love. Like, even Digital Love has two verses, I think, and then uh, mostly like a repeating pre-chorus and chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this is like an actual like song structure where it's everything's different. Like each verse is different. Um, but musically instant crush keeps up the melancholy that drives within. So yeah. I think it flows pretty well. Um, but it, it loses the evocative piano in favor of restoring some dance vibes with that digging guitar and more fat bass and understated electro beat. Uh, it's another fun listen, but lyrically it's even better. Uh, pretty much it's pretty much about getting friend zoned, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's weird how much the weight the words carry considering that, you know, we all know what the friend zones like and it sucks. Um, but at least it's not as heartbreaking as the end of an actual relationship, right? Um, but these unlikely bedfellows between Casablancas and, and Daft Punk make it sound otherwise. Um, it's just some of the power behind the, the vocals. Like this one, I want to take you to that place in the Roche, but no one gives us any time anymore. I had to look up what that means. Because mm-hmm. the Roche is like the space between two interstellar bodies oh. that they need to maintain before they collapse into each other. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right? <They're> like, <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> There's a lot of power behind that. And the pre-chorus, I just love the way it's delivered. Uh, Casablanca's is amazing. You know, I've listened to your problems, now listen to mine. Um, and then yeah, I kind of counted on you being a friend. Can I give it up or give it away? Uh, never thought about, no, now I thought about what I want to say, but I never really know where to go. So I chained myself to a friend some more again. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of power behind those lyrics. I'm a big fan of this collab and it seems to push both parties out of their comfort zone. Um, so then it's just another kind of heartbreak and I, you know, I imagine it's tough to find a girlfriend when you're a robot. Yeah, probably. Or not. You got the Robocock dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody gets tired of those. Yeah. You're, you, yeah. The vagis- those, hip, those hips and legs never get tired. The vagicizer 9,000. <laughs> Um, so next is lose yourself to dance. So deal. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Wait, wait, wait. Did you, I didn't have a lot to say about the did, last yeah, song. I don't so think, okay. I don't think we got, I know. Dill, did you not crush. talk about it? It's no, yeah. Talk about instant crush Dill. I'm so sorry. Um, but you're next with uh, lose your, or okay. yeah, lose yourself to dance. I kind of disagree with you about the, the, the vocals because I didn't know it was a, like a featured singer. It would have been cool to like hear his true vocals. Sure. But, for uh, thematically, it makes sense, um, but you know, if you're gonna have someone from the Strokes, you might as well let them, you know, let loose. Beat the Strokes. I think, I think it would have been a fun song if they kind of just leaned into it being more of like a rock song. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, this I'm kind of just picky, being picky. I think that's okay. I mean, you don't like we've talked about it before. You don't. We don't have to love each other's albums. Yeah. I think it's more interesting when we don't. So. Yeah, and I I like this album generally, but this is like the upswing. Like I yeah. remember the chorus being like, "Oh, what, what, what was that?" Yeah. <laughs> um. So it kind of got me in the headspace to be ready for "Lose Yourself to Dance." So now, come on, come on, come on, come on. This song is seared into my subconscious forever because I worked retail and this song was mm-hmm. on the playlist. But I remember it being so fucking catchy. Yeah. Um, I never listened to it on my own besides when we decided we we're going to do this album. So it was yeah. really cool to hear it from a perspective of like, I remember the song so right. vividly hearing it every day. And now that I'm listening to it, like in, intentionally and not just like over surround sound speakers, mm, right. there's so many little idiosyncrasies about the song that like, I really enjoy. Um, does the song need to be six minutes long? <laughs> you be the judge. Yes. <laughs> Dylan, um, I'm going to keep on. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, I don't remember it being a six minute song, so I guess maybe there's, there's, there's a certainly radio a radio cut. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there was a lot of. Uh, I remember there also being like Pharrell fatigue around this mm-hmm. time, but I remember this song being so catchy and like Pharrell's just got the perfect disco voice. Yes, and like this was a perfect marriage. This song and uh, Get Lucky. Yeah, like obviously those are two of the the standout tracks mm-hmm. on this album. But holy shit, I love this song. Um, but I get tired like. I wish the song was a little bit shorter. Sure. I get tired of the chorus by the end, and I'm like, well, no, I don't have to listen to that song for a while. Well, it's, it's so interesting, too, because we've done like almost two, three weeks now of punk albums where like two minutes is the standard. So yeah. imagine going from that to six minute songs is the shortest song. <laughs> so Yeah, and I think w- where we touched on a few weeks ago was like, if you leave more to the imagination, then people are more likely to come back. Sure. And for me, it was like, well, heard that song three times by the time it was done. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just personal preference again, but that was my my thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean that my first notes were that come on, come on, come because I love when that shit fucking drops in and after Pharrell's voice. And I wrote, I wrote too, like Pharrell isn't the best vocalist in the world by a large margin, but he's the best possible vocalist for this album. Like I couldn't imagine Pharrell's anybody else, anybody else's voice but Pharrell's on these tracks. Maybe it's because we heard them so much and they're just they were pounded into our skull in 2013. Um, cause we, I think we were all working retail at that point. Yeah. Are you, were you, you weren't, no, you weren't still no, in college. I, I think I would have been at a uh, planet earth, but either way, either way. I, I yeah. But yeah ben was lot. listening to this album, so it doesn't matter either way. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's so, so this is the stamp of that really marks the beginning of what this album feels like. This is like this is the sound that I remember this album for, not necessarily like the Withins or Instant Crush. I remember it for this the kind of electro disco sound, and uh, it's it's really it's just it's just a great great track, man. And like I said, it, it, Pharrell is perfect for it. Um, I think it's the the message of this song is the the message Daft Punk has been sending since 1993. Like, yeah. lose yourself to dance. Like, don't let you know, don't let anything else bother you. Just let yourself, let the groove get in and lose yourself, man. You can't deny that 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 funk pocket that it puts you in, and you can't help but like just kind of shake your shoulders to it, and it it forces you to move, man. And that that that's what I think this this track is about, and really the middle part of this album is about is really kind of setting up that. Like we're here to make you feel good. That's our only mission is to make you feel good. And I think Daft Punk really, really nails it with these in this next stretch of this album. And yeah, this is just the beginning of it. So uh, that's all I really have to say about Lose Yourself Dance. I just, I fucking love it. It's just, it's it's a classic kind of Daft Punk dancey song. So Ben. Yeah. uh, It's pretty obvious which path this one takes, huh? Uh, It's, it's, it takes that funky fresh danceology from the first track and it kicks it into hyperdrive. It almost feels like, to me, that Give Life Back to Music is the prequel to Lose Yourself to Dance. And similar to that opening track, uh, the first few playful notes from Niall Rogers again on guitar, they just really pull you in. And from there on out, it's time to bop, game over. The the funk is just undeniable. I really do like Pharrell here, too, and and later on in Get Lucky, um, but, you know, we definitely already talked about that. Um, But what I really enjoy is that there's this charming irony to me in in these new age disco tracks. Throughout Random Access Memories, Daft Punk kind of gets more and more experimental um, than ever, and they even seem to struggle with their own place in the world as mysterious superstars for the first time. Um, But in in the case of Give Life Back to Music, Lose Yourself to Dance, and Get Lucky especially, there's there's pretty much one thing that keeps them anchored into 
kind of the EDM genre that they helped pioneer, and it's their own robotic voices. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's dancing on the floor. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I love this song, too. That, that's pretty much it. Like, it's not the it's not the kind of song you got to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, you got to listen to it and you'll understand. To it and dance to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're done with I Believe, it's me, right, for Touch. So, uh this is the another feature song with Paul Williams. Um, initially, when I first listened to this album, I hated this song. I really did not like this song. I don't like Paul Williams' vocals. They're not exactly very smooth. Um, but I, as I, the more I listened to it and the more I understood the genius of this album, I really grew to love this track. And um, I re- it's the perfect interlude between the titular Pharrell tracks. It's like... We got really dancey songs, so we're going to give you kind of a more uh, introspective kind of thing. Um, and I think the they this is the outro of this song is what they chose for their epilogue video, and I think that's intentional because it's a it's a they just repeat the hold on if love is the answer you're home, and I think that's I think that's what Daft Punk wanted to leave the world with. I think that's the lasting impression they wanted to leave the world with. Like hey. If you if you if you just want to feel loved and you want to feel happy, you're home with us and you're home with what we've created. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment to have. Uh, yeah, does it go on a little bit long? Sure, um, but I think uh, again, in retrospect, I really enjoy this song a lot more. And I think the more I listen to this album, the more I kind of grew to understand what this album was trying to do and what random access memories actually meant. And that it was just a random, almost kind of a random assortment of their influences in this album. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's not my favorite track on the album, but I think it has a lot of emotional weight, especially in the, the aftermath of epilogue and the retirement announcement. And the fact that they used it to kind of send themselves off, uh, is, I think gives it a little bit more poignancy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take a wild stab and say this isn't going to be Dill's favorite track either, uh, because it's it's got an intro that's definitely a very in your face kind of bizarre. Yeah, um, and it, touch kind of once it sweeps you again down that road that only Daft Punk can see. And see, I actually think Paul Williams is brilliant on this song. I, I now that I now I do, but when I first heard, I was like, oh, this guy fucking sucks. Like <laughs> he's yeah. not very good, and like yeah, I don't know. But I've like I said, I've come to appreciate it much more. Well, yeah, he's off. Paul Williams is one of those guys. Like I don't know a ton about him, yeah. um, but he's one of those guys. Like one of the singer songwriters that kind of has touched a lot. He just doesn't like have. He's not the guy. Yeah, right? sure. Like, like Pharrell was in the. Um, Back in the in the nineties, with uh, I forget what his duo, his production duo was. Nerd was, uh, nerd was a thing, but there no, there's I can't remember. He had a, another project with with another guy. I forget what it's called, but um, but yeah, if he was if he was featured on something, it was as a producer. Yeah, I mean, so he worked with like, Clips a lot. Are you talking about Clips? No, I can't remember what it's called. It'll come to me. Um, but I I think he's really good on this song, and uh, he hits a little clue, too close to home a little bit with his ballad style delivery right mm-hmm. now with that message about craving more touch, you know, especially like right now mm-hmm. after a year of Corona. Yeah. Um, so it kind of puts an extra little spin on it, but, um, you know, perhaps that's the part of their robot personas that Daft Punk began to want more of to me. And I think it's both physical and emotional touch, um, because they, as humans, after all that, I think that's what they're really craving. Um, so, and the fact that this is the song that they chose to track epilogue, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, you know, the video announcing their end, I think there's a real power in that choice. And it, it really kind of shatters a part of me, not in a bad, like over dramatic way, 
but just in a way that really makes me ponder the effect music can have on a person. Um, it's certainly played a huge hand in my life and it's safe to say that the same has played an even deeper truth that I can't grasp onto Mr. Silver and Gold yeah. and Daft Punk. I mean, when this kicked in, I try, I cried, you know, pardon the pun, but some real Bengal tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> I did. It, it made me cry, man. It did. Yeah. And, and, uh, but yeah, but it's got that, um, it does, it does have that, that part with the, the space arp that I'll call mm-hmm. it. Um, that, that kind of rotating arpeggio that, that makes you kind of just calls images of space. Um, so it's already like intricately tri- tied to the themes of their career. So yeah, I, I, I really like the song. It's definitely not, um, again, it's not one of those ones I'm going to jump at going back to listen to, but I, I'm going to enjoy it on an album. List. It makes more sense within the frame of the album. Like, yeah, I exactly. Think. I, I think so as well. Yeah. I, I don't hate this song. I just think they really made you work for it. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to get into it, like I didn't, the song really picks up momentum for me around minute three thirty, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, for, and I said, it's almost an eight minute song. It's like, who do these guys think they are? The who, um, <laughs> but you know, when the, the vocals start at minute two, the drums come in at two thirty, and then it picks up momentum around three thirty. And I really like like the, like after the last song, it was super poppy. It's like, yeah. Hey, we are going to slow it down a little bit. Yeah. And this makes more sense than track two. So I like this song a lot better. Um, yeah, it's kind of like that teeter-totter I was talking about at the beginning where it's like there's never a whole lot of like forward momentum here. They always kind of stop you and they make you, they force you to listen to every single song because it is kind of herky-jerky, but it's smooth at the same time. It's yeah. like it's like a slow – it's like driving over a very like, hilly road. It's like it's – I don't know. It's jarring, but it's also not like – you know, it doesn't – make you like hate yourself yeah <laughs> this is so yeah and especially knowing there's you're packed in between two pharrell songs yeah like that's, yeah it's like okay i'll 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 go in this little detour with you because okay. i know we're going right. back to pharrell after yeah. this right on Who, um, who's next I, i've lost you, were you all, done all all yeah okay yeah um I think it's yeah get lucky was was me yes okay um, now, now i'm back okay so finally yes i will always 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 love get lucky um, yeah, it's great. This is the first single from Random Access Memories, and it had me so amped for Daft Punk's comeback. Like, it was kind of their comeback track. Mm-hmm. Like they, I think they released it like a year before the album actually came out. Yeah. Um, and I loved it when they first released it. And I was like, I can't wait to hear what the rest of this album sounds like. Um, it, Get Lucky's amazing. Like not even not even Avicii figured out electro R and B in 2013. <laughs> yeah. So like. On the album, it's, I, I think it's the final chapter of the Ultra Funk trilogy. And uh, however you shake it, I think it's the greatest. Um, Fragments of Time later on fits the bill a little bit. Um, but as I'll touch on later, I think that's a song that has a life of its own. Um, but uh, ostensibly, Get Lucky, it's a song about fucking. And it's a damn fun one, too. <laughs> yeah, here's your sex song, Bill. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I know you, you need to get it. my attention now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys have said before, uh, sometimes it's best to stay in the shallow end. It doesn't always have to be that yeah, deep. Yeah, it's not that deep. But <laughs> that's going to be, that's got to be our first teacher. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> yeah. But I've got to at least dip my toes into the deep here because the pre chorus is so good. Um, you know, especially like Pharrell's delivery on it's great, too, but we've come too far. I, I'm not going to try his, but we've come too far to give up who we are. So let's raise the bar and our cups to the stars. Um, stars. 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 Those are the stars that are kind of wonky. Um, 
But yeah, the way you know that obscure TikTok that I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah. making fun of Twilight, yeah, battle scars. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the way Pharrell delivers it from the first bar, and I, I think Daft Punk added just like a playful little spice of self-reflection to this, mm-hmm. uh, to a song that they knew would explode with this. Um, you know, they had already done so much before Random Access Memories. They're multimedia megastars without a face. What else could they do? How about making an ultra funk banger? About all night banging. Yep. That was it. Yep. That, that was the answer. That was the ticket. Yep. That, yep. Talk about raising the bar. There was a, a YouTube video. Did I reference it before the show or during the show? Uh, I can't remember. It now. doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, there there's a YouTube video where Pharrell talks about his contribution to the album. And when he talks about Get Lucky, he kind of mentions like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe there's a little bit deeper meaning. It's like, Pharrell, come on. Yeah, we know what the song is about. Like you can give it a little bit deeper meaning. Like that, yeah. those are poignant lyrics. But at the same time, it's like we're up all night to get lucky. Yeah, <laughs> you say it. They say it a lot. You're also on <laughs> blurred lines the same year, bud, which is an yeah. also a song about fucking. So <laughs> that was a good year for real. For for real. Yeah, it was Proli- <laughs> most prolific fucker of 2013. <laughs> Many people were asking. Did I mean, it was get who was more the than most Pharrell? prolific? I mean, that was the Miley's foam finger year. Yeah, with the blurred lines. What a sexy year! Yeah, mm. who knows? It might have. It might have been. It might have been. Uh, what's his name? Robin Thick. Robin Thick had a pretty good year. Uh, didn't he get me too or something like that? Maybe he did. We I think he did. Maybe get we shouldn't make that joke. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't Robin Thick. I went from six to midnight back to six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to Pharrell because I think he. Yeah, we're going with Pharrell. Pharrell was the old, most infamous fucker that year. Um. Yeah, Dill, what are your thoughts on Get Lucky? The only thing I wrote is Jesus Christ because I freaking love this song and yeah. I wanted to speak from the mind a little bit more than reading my notes. Sure. This song is dope. Yeah. This I didn't know this was a Daft Punk song. Um, Wait, really? Really? Yeah. I just thought it was a Pharrell song because he had that album that came out that year and I just associated all the Pharrell songs on this album with Pharrell. being sure. it on right. his album. That makes sense. So listening to him, his album, I'm like... These aren't any of the songs I remember hearing. And this song is my favorite. And obviously it won a Grammy for Song of the Year. Yep. But it's just, wow, what a catchy song. Yeah. And the I mentioned the YouTube video a couple times. But it's funny to hear him talk about going out there with Daft Punk. And they're, they're kind of like wanting to do the, the disco era music together. Yeah. And just hearing him talk about how he got so high and, and like they took... I don't know, DMT or whatever they took to produce these songs. And he came, he flew back. And when he heard the songs for the, he was like, it was like the first time I heard the songs again. And that's just like such a cool thing yeah. to think like, even for real doesn't even know where it came from. Like, Oh shit, really. I did that. He Hell yeah. Picked it out of the sky. Like it was just like manifest destiny. He yeah. went out there and made these songs and came back and was like, I don't know. It's new to me too. Like, <laughs> thanks for the awards, but you know, I'm just surprised by it. It's yeah, I, I love this. this. is almost a perfect dance song to me. This would fit right in on "Off the Wall" by Michael Jackson, and to me, like that's to give a, a dance song that credit is high. I can't give a dance song higher praise because to me, "Off the Wall" is a perfect dance album, with the exception of "Out of My Life," where he cries at the end, and it's really weird. Um, but the rest of "Off the Wall" is a perfect dance album, and you could throw "Get Lucky" on "Off the Wall," and it would fit right in, and it would, nobody would bat an eye at it. And then that, that to me is a is a huge compliment from from my own personal like rolodex of compliments to give things. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know where I was going with that, but. Um, I said it's it's 
I, I can't really accurately describe how much I love this song. And yeah, I got tired of hearing it. Everybody did in 2013, but it's still, it's an undeniable generational bop that transcends musical taste. If, it doesn't matter if you're a metalhead, if you only listen to classical music, if you listen, if you love disco, if you love EDM, if you only listen to, to butt rock, it doesn't matter. This is, this song will make you move and you're going to like it. It, 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 it. It's so rare that you get a song that really, tra- like everybody in the world loves. It, it, that is what this song is. This is a song that everybody in the world loved in 2013. Your grandmother loved it. And your little, you know, five-year-old nephew loved it. It, 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 it is your grandfather's EDM. Yeah, this is your grandfather's EDM. <laughs> You're right. It, it, it 100% is. It reminds me a lot of the Bee Gees documentary. Have you guys watched that? I haven't, I but and, and I know you've talked about it a couple times. Yeah, it, it's very like everyone loved it at a certain point, and then everyone turns on it. And I think that's what happened to this song just because it was so popular. Yeah, it was just so ubiquitous, man. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah. So, but um, it, it, like, looking back on it now, like, it feels like a reward on the album. It does. Like, like, all right, you're listening all the way through the album. All right. Oh, you made it through those first seven tracks, all nine minutes of Giorgio by Maroder. <laughs> hey, all right. Track eight, get lucky. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just fucking love this song, man. I, 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 what, I can't really say much more about it. What a wild move to put it at track eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean, most popular song you have to dig through forty minutes worth of music to get to <laughs> yeah. it. I think it's I think it's it's by design though. I think it a lot of this album does feel random, and I, again, I think the production chops of these two are legendary in my mind. I mean, if you listen to the way Discovery's built out, and the way Homework's built out, and the way Human After All's built out, and Random Access Memories built out, there there's very intentional song placement in all of this stuff, and. I think that kind of in, informed the way I used to burn CDs. You know what I mean? I like I I made sure every song flowed into each other. I would listen. I would spend so much time listening to the last twenty seconds and the first ten seconds of the songs on the album. I was like, ah, nope, that doesn't work. Flip it out. Um, take this song off because it doesn't really fit with the creed of whatever I'm whatever kind of mix I'm trying to make here. Uh, for those of you that aren't, uh, you know didn't grow up with dial-up internet. You used to have to rip your own CDs illegally from illegally downloaded tracks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just a quick aside. Just a quick aside. If you're, you know, if you don't, if you never ripped a CD, you're too young for me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 um, it really did. Cause I, I loved the way they constructed their albums and I liked the way everything kind of flowed and made sense. And so, yeah, I think it's intentional. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that again, but um, yeah, it's a bold, it is bold to put it at eight because this is normally about the time where we both start talking about it. And I'm starting to lose attention here. Yeah. So, um, and especially as long as this album is, I think it's what seventy five minutes long. That's a yeah. lot. That's a lot of music. So, um, yeah, uh, let's move on. I believe it's my turn. Yes. Uh, for track number nine, Beyond. Yep. Um, this song was going to be tough for me no matter what coming down from yeah. uh, the best song on the album. Um, but it wasn't dreadful. I really enjoyed the guitars that still feel disco. Um, so that kept me in. But, you know, the vocals kind of took me out of the song. Yeah, personally. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's really all I had. I didn't have a whole lot about this song just because I think I went back and listened to <laughs> Get, Get Lucky, Lucky again. a couple more times. <laughs> uh, sure. If you're done, then I'll, I'll go ahead and take the reins if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote Beyond is very triumphant. The do, 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 do. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, just yeah. really the horn intro makes it almost feel like a musical or a Greek tragedy, which is so, again, it's fucking strange. Like I never would have expected to hear that on a Daft Punk album. 
you know, take me back to 2012 when, where I was anticipating this album, like this is not something I would have anticipated. And like I said, when I first listened to it, I, I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. Like I knew it was, it wasn't, it wasn't EDM, but it was definitely Daft Punk. And I think that's what made me love this album. I was like, all right, this is different, but it's at, the, at its core, it's still very Daft Punk. Yeah. There's, there's, there's that, there's that vein of Daft Punk in every one of these songs that made me want to come back and listen to it and made me eventually love this album. Um, yeah, and, and you know it does have that punchy guitar. It's like a light in the darkness, or it's more like sunglasses on a bright day. It's kind of the inverse, where it's like this song is so bright and vibrant um, that it, like the punchy guitars bring you back into kind of that pocket again. And it's like putting on sunglasses on a bright day, or if it's really snowy out, you're like, shit, I can't see anything. Let me put some sunglasses on. Um, and I really, I really love that. Uh, and this is the, this was the most poignant uh, for me on the album. These lyrics. Uh, remember love is our only mission this is the journey of the soul the perfect song is framed with silence and it speaks to places we've never seen so this stands out to me um after the events of the past week perhaps um as perhaps another bit of foreshadowing to what eventually happened as their final message um love is their only mission and the perfect song is framed in silence which to me means as long as people love their music they don't need to make music anymore the perfect song is going to be framed in their silence of the rest of their career. And that to me, I don't know if that's what they intended with those lyrics, but in 20 in hindsight is 2020 and looking at those lyrics and seeing like interpreting them that way is so powerful to me. Like again, the love is their only mission. They've, they've brought their love to the world. They don't need to make any more music because that perfect song that they've made is going to be framed in silence forever now. Yeah. It, it kind of comes down to like, would you rather burn out bright or go yes. on forever? Yeah. And people, yeah stop appreciating you or you become butts of a joke yeah like yeah. green day or blink 182 yeah. and which is kind of in my realm but like that's kind of how it is if you if you go out on top you go out with an album like this or you go on making music forever and people don't see the significance of it as much yeah, eventually lose interest yeah and it's I, gonna happen i am so so sad that i know daft punk is gonna make any more music i think they'll work separately on like maybe producing credits or something like that i still yeah. think they have some music left in them but again, that that especially the perfect song is framed in silence. I fucking love that so much because it also goes back to like that vacuum I talk about. Like the best the best songs use silence effectively, and I think this is this is more of a grander statement than even that. Where it's like, yeah, you're gonna have a vacuum waiting. You had this vacuum of waiting for us for all these years, and that that perfectly framed this silence. And now you have the silence of our career, and now you can just enjoy the love that we've given you. And that was that was their only mission. So, again, it, it's, it may not be that deep. I might be, you know, laying down in the shallow end here, but I really don't think so. I think there's a lot that this song had to say. So, Ben, I'll pass it no, off to you. I, I think it is. I think it absolutely is that deep. Um, I think this is the the final song of that introspective path I was talking about earlier. Um, I think that that steel guitar is back. Yeah. And that's like, that's a pretty good indicator on this album of like, Hey, it's time to get introspective a little bit. Um, but this song really, it, it really, it looks to me it, when I look at the lyrics and I listen to the lyrics, it's, it's an internal think tank. That's, that's what it really is. It's just them thinking about themselves, their lives, their journeys, their souls. And, um, I actually had it down in my notes. I wrote down the same exact passage that you yeah. wrote down. Um, the difference is like, 
I put down, like, I don't even really know how to try to analyze this passage for an audience, but it makes me think a lot. Sure. <laughs> so I, I really like your take on it though. Um, with the, the perfect, uh, perfect song being framed in silence like that. Um, now to me, like, unfortunately the philosophical musings are the only thing that really, that's really standy outy. Yeah, sure. If we're going with that term today. Um, <laughs> but I, I like it. Yeah. You know, I'll usually skip it if I'm doing it. Yeah, no, it's not a track I listen to, but it was just, it was in the light of what happened of them. It really kind of, my ear was peaked a little bit on that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Uh, is it me? You. Cool. Motherboard is next. It's and again, this is gonna be. This is the one I think I wrote the least about because there's nothing to say. It's just a musical interlude. Uh, again, I think this is meant to be a palate cleanser for everybody. It's like we've given you the dancey stuff. We've given you Beyond, which is pretty triumphant and kind of introspective. And now we're gonna get into we're we're coming to the end here. And so here's a little. It's 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 introspe- introspective. Um, it's. Um, yeah, it's 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 cool. It's cool to listen to. It's it's again. It's kind of long. Um, but again, I think, I think this, this album is meant to run long for a reason. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I don't, it's, it's almost like they're, they're trying to speed things back up, but they're not trying to wake you from a dream. And so they're, they like, it's, I don't know. It, it's a cool track. Again, I just don't have a whole lot to say about it. So I'll pass it on to you, Ben. Yeah. So this one, it's another very near miss for me in terms of like, being something I'm going to go back to, um, because I do, I really like the last two minutes, like a lot. Yeah. Uh, especially with the outro, um, and with that has that like just thudding single bass hit. Um, and as, as all the music fades and it just goes into this babbling stream. Um, and before that, it kind of leads into that whole little section with the, that classic space arp that I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier. That's all over this album and throughout their career. Um, and it, it fits in with one of the most heavily relied on motifs of Daft Punk's career, I think. It, it paints a, a vivid image in my head of this epic space voyage that finally results <laughs> in, in a planet. So, yeah, so I think it fits in with one of the most heavily relied on motifs of Daft Punk's career. It, it paints this vivid image in my head of this epic space voyage yeah. that finally results in finding a planet with running water that can save a species. Sure. I, it just puts that in my head. Um, we got our head cannons going on on this one. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I got one for this one too. Let's go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love that. It, it, I, I think it takes a little too long to get there on yeah. this one. Yeah, it does. Um, but it does, it does remind me a bit of a similar like full instrumental like kind of progressive electro track which is one of my favorite Daft Punk songs, which is Veritas Quo on Discovery. Oh, yeah. Oh, Veritas Quo is so good. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, This one's nowhere near as good as Veritas Quo, but um, it's still a good track if you like electro storytelling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's... I'll probably be, you know, 50-50 whether I'm going to listen to it or not sure. yeah, on the album uh, if I'm going through it, but I do really like that ending. I like the song a lot, and I think it was because I wasn't, like, listening to it. Sure. I wasn't watching a video or like doing something actively trying to listen to it. I was listening to it while I was in the shower for the first time. Uh, it's yeah. a good shower song. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a great shower song. Um, it kind of reminded me of like when a detective is like, I got to find another clue. And he's like going through old boxes <laughs> and like digging through like, yeah. like he's trying to find that one clue. I'm just missing one clue and it'll piece the whole story together. <gasps> and that's what it felt like. And then yeah. it just got like spacey. So it was like, it almost felt like big brain. You'd be a space like, detective. I've, 
yeah, like space detective. Like, <laughs> well, Sherlock rubbish. Sherlock has like his mind prison that he goes into. So maybe he was just going into like whatever. I don't know what that. That's what it's called. But that the dude, I love that. That clicked in my head, and I could see that instantly, so vividly. Like just listening to that, because it's almost got like a mysterious sound to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it remind. I just watched True Detective, and it oh, reminds yeah, sure. me a lot of that. Like where they're just like rummaging through old time as a flat sir. Yeah. So it was really cool for. For me, because I got out and I was like, I can't wait to type this down. Kevin's going to fucking love this. <laughs> I did. And I, it's, you're, it's so funny because as soon as you said detective, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, la- the last two minutes kind of doesn't fit that whole thing, but it kind of yeah. kind of does. Um, but, yeah, that was really all I had for it. Well, but he it just was goes like, from plain old Joe detective to space detective, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a hat. Some kind of hat. <laughs> oh, this one's definitely a propeller hat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe space helmet. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, he just he finds it. That's what it is. He finds a space helmet. Where the fuck is my space helmet? He puts it on, and then it goes into whatever it is. But I love that, dude. Yeah, I love that. Oh, jeez. Uh, so, Ben, I think you're up for fragments of time. You got oh, all of your yeah. favorite tracks. No, you're so, a piece of shit. No, 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 no. You actually screwed this up. You screwed up the order at one point. Like, because if I stuck with number three, I, like with Giorgio, I would have had uh, motherboard. I think, or no, I would have had um, whatever. Yeah, I'm blaming you. This is your fault. But I realized when it happened, I knew I was going to get get lucky in fragments of time, and I, and I was not going to say anything about it because <laughs> I wanted all three of those songs so bad. But fragments of time, I freaking love this song. Um, when it starts in with like the simple drum beats, like un- unassuming funky guitar riff and that familiar steel guitar used again, uh, it's it's kind of unsure which path this track is about to go down. Um, but when Todd Edwards, who has done vocals for him before on Face to Face on Discovery, yeah. which is like I think the only time they've really used human vocals ever before this yeah. album, um, it, when Todd Edwards picks up with the vocals, it's very clear that there's no reason to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just time to listen. Yep. Um, it's a, it's an infectious sing-along bop that continues to progress and evolve, and it adds more elements as it goes, and it really flexes the strength of Daft Punk's creative muscles. Uh, like everything they add, it just seems to work better than the last, and somehow they, they build to create this perfect harmony out of so many sounds that are totally disjointed if you try to focus on them individually. Um, Edwards is great on the song as well. I think mm-hmm. he does have a great performance here. And uh, the theme of grand scale nostalgia in the lyrics, it lands a perfect blow to the feels. It did so then in 2013, feeling like reminiscing of the old age of Daft Punk and, um, you know, at the end of this very new album. Uh, but even more so now that we're talking about Daft Punk in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, fuck. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but there is one line I want to call out specifically. It's familiar faces. I'm not nah, screwed it up. <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not going to try it again because now I'm in my head about it, <laughs> but I will say the line familiar faces that I've never seen living the gold in the silver dream, familiar making me feel that I've never seen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, making me feel like I'm 17. Uh, I feel like this verse was meant to be delivered from a fan's perspective as we watch silver and gold. Um, cause that's what we're talking about living the gold and silver dream. Um, but we're watching silver and gold as Daft Punk live some wild unattainable dream with their familiar faces that we never see. And it's, it's a feeling that brings many of us right back to the good old days of watching Interstellar five or 55, 55. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> on Toonami and, uh, or waiting for, with bated breath for that one day that we're old enough to chase our own attainable dreams. It also fits right in with the, one of the biggest themes of identity crisis that I think is hidden just below the surface of this whole album. Um, so to sum it all up, I, for me, this is a masterclass song. 
if you remember me talking about that from Avicii. Interesting. Um, I don't think it's the perfect song. I'm not going to say everybody's always going to love this, but it is a perfect Daft Punk song. Yeah. And I think it fits in. There's a couple others on this album, um, but this is definitely one. Yeah. And I think it might be actually be my favorite on the album. Yeah. Cool. Um, I know I said Get Lucky is the best song on the album, but I'm not so sure. Uh, subjectively, this is my favorite song as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, I'm, I'm shocked by that. I'm really? shocked that you both love this song as much as you do. There's, I like it, but it's not, it's not close to my favorite, I don't think. But yeah, go ahead. There's a fan-made music video that goes so perfectly with this song, where it's this girl just driving through the West Coast. Yeah. And it's just like she's driving through Arizona. She's driving through all these, like, cavernous places. And yeah. it was just like, it kind of put me in the, the perfect headspace to listen to the song because I listened to, like, the lyric. I watched the lyric video mm-hmm. and then I wa- I saw like a homemade music video and I was like, oh, this might be corny, but it was actually really well done. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was like for a school project or what, but had millions of views. So oh, yeah, there's good. a lot of there's a lot of fan made Daft Punk like videos like that. You remember like the uh, the harder, better, faster, stronger hands? Oh yeah, that's like, a great video. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah. So for someone who didn't know this song, it was just a really cool backdrop for the song because mm-hmm. that was one of the, the second or third times I'd heard it. Um, it feels like a road trip song, which the music video was perfect for. And it feels like it's reflective on good times, which is like, you know, right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um, I kind of just like song, like the same songs over and over again, just in different ways. There's <laughs> nothing um, wrong with that, dude. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> it almost reminds me of like, you know, you, you give up your whole life, you're getting in a convertible and you're going and you're stopping in the first biker bar you go into. Mm-hmm. And the first biker bar you go into, you like... 50 cents in the jukebox and this is a song that comes on it just feels like very it transports you in that kind of headspace and it doesn't that's when i kind of realized like this isn't really an edm album it's, no, it's more of like a i don't even know i don't even know yeah. electronic i guess sometimes but Electro not all the time funk. so i really this is where i really started appreciating the album yeah where i've been hard on it earlier but this is the song that really struck me. Yeah, and I think because I've talked about it too. Like my first like two or three listens to this album, I, was, I wasn't sure, and then it finally clicked for me one one day as I was driving, and it was like, yeah, okay, I fucking love this album. I get it. I totally understand where the, what they were trying to do with this album. And I think for me, my disappointment came from it, that it wasn't another discovery. You know what I mean? Right. But, I, yeah, but yeah, yeah. once I understood the genius behind what was going on here, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. You crafty little robots. I understand what you were doing here. Um, were you finished, Dill? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a fun track, man. It's a straight up disco track, um, and if nothing else, it should just make you smile. It's it's uh, again, love is the only mission, and all, sometimes all you need is just a goofy ass song like this. And I, it, it, Ben brings a little bit more like seriousness to it, but for me, when I listen to it, I just hear I hear that goofy little MIDI synth, and I hear the goofy slide guitar, and it should like that shit should sound so bad. But again, this is a testament to their ability to produce a sound that sounds so good that you don't care that this is just a, a goofy little MIDI track and with a slide guitar that doesn't really fit. Yeah. And it's like, but you don't care because this song is so fun and it's so infectious and it's so well produced that you just, you have to love it. And it's like, a ch- it's a childish glee that they, it is, that they yeah. put behind it. Yeah, it is. And it's, it, it, I, that's really my main takeaway from this is just that, when I was listening to those little things, like the little um, in the back, it's like, that shouldn't sound good, but it, it, does. it does. It sounds good. And, and uh, it's, it, 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 you forget that it, those things are almost sophomoric in a way, 
<laughs> it's like this is a song that you would make as like a your first little foray into a music making software, but Daft Punk elevates it to a level of genius, and I I, I have nothing but respect for that. And uh, yeah, Todd Edwards kills this track too. Yeah, it is just definitely. It's, it's, he's a it's a great vocal performance. Um, and then I said, you know, leading into it, buckle up because we're about to travel through space. So um, without further ado, uh, I think Dill, you're up for doing it right. That stinks because I don't have a lot of nice things to say about this song. <laughs> no, it's I'll, my favorite song. I'll, I'll be quick. <laughs> it's madden. It's maddeningly. Maddeningly. Why would I pick a word like that? Maddeningly. Madden. Maddeningly. 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 Madden. I wrote it out and I didn't plan on saying it out loud. <laughs> it maddeningly. Still and mad. It's fucking irritating. Just like that word. I don't have a lot of nice things to say about the song, but it's just like, it's too repetitive for me. Mm -hmm. This is where like, in my mind, this is what I picture Daft Punk where it's like, you like those three words, you're going to hear them a lot. (laughs) That's that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. You can't knock it. (laughs) So, um, Panda Bear, who, who is that? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I, I feel like I heard Panda Bear songs a long time ago. I just, you know, I had just had a question. That was it. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's just my favorite song on the album, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I think it's because it's, it is the most classic sounding yep, of the Daft definitely. Punk songs on this Daft Punk album. Mm-hmm. And it, this is this made me this when listening to this back again, I was like, "Fuck, man! I wish we could have gotten one more straight EDM album from Daft Punk because I love the way this song flows and it's produced, and I love their you know silver and gold singing again." Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, to me, it's it's just, re- it's seamlessly smooth. I get that it's very long and you, you get tired of hearing doing it, right? If you, you know, I get it. But I like the way it's almost like a scat-like delivery to it. And it just, I don't know. I love it, man. It's, it's, it's about finding your way through dance. And if you're having a good fucking time, you're doing it right. And I think there's something cool about that. Again, it goes back to that same motif of their only mission is love. And if you find love and dance, like lose yourself to dance, all that shit. It's, it's, it's the same motif over and over again here. And it's, it's so minimal. I, th- I can see where it would bother you. There's almost, yeah. there's almost no musical content here. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's beautiful silence. Like you just get that big booming bass that just really kind of accentuates like pure EDM magic to me. And... um I don't know. I, I like. I, I said there's beauty in the restraint in this song, and I, I think it's because I'm so used to listening to Daft Punk and so used to listening to how they record music that I could tell they really restrained themselves here, and it, it really kind of it resonates in my skull every time I listen to it. Um, and I said I want this song to be played at my funeral, so I'm glad you hated it, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one you crank the bass up to in the car. That's for sure. <laughs> What an, oh, I'm such an asshole. No. <laughs> this, is, this is just like the Jack's Mannequin episode where it I was is. like, you were like, I fucking hate this song. I was like, yeah, I got a tattooed on me. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got at least the shoe's on the other foot now. I get yeah. to feel how bad it feels. Um, but no, yeah, I do love this song. And I think it, it, with uh, Contact that's next, this almost feels like a countdown on a launch pad to mm-hmm. fucking just up yeah. into space. If, just say goodbye forever as they disintegrate into space. Yeah. So, yeah, Ben, what do you got to say about doing it right? And where do you land well, on the hate it versus love it? Uh, oh, come on. Dylan can go pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> I think you knew that. Yeah, fair um, just like Just like on Eminem. Um, but 
Hey, the yeah. world will never hear my diss on Eminem. I know that's that's <laughs> Go, good from the top five. I forgot that was on the top five. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's the last episode. Oh no, but um, but yeah, no, doing it right. This is it's the return of the big beat. Yep, uh, it, doing it doing it right is like boom, it's pretty boom. much yeah. It, it's pretty boom, much the boom, only boom. straightforward EDM track on yeah. the album, uh, and it is like you said, it's a very minimalistic big beat. Um, but that kind of harkens back to me uh, to home, homework. Yeah, their yeah, very, it's very first homework. album. It's very homeworky. Um, and it flows to me. It's that flows super well after fragments of time that just oozes nostalgia. Uh, so I, I do love when the beat speeds up for that, sure. for that like constant just crash. Um, it's definitely one you're going to turn the bass up up in the car for. Uh, it, it's 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 a very very Daft Punk song. Yeah. And although it's not like really a standout for their whole career for me, it fills a void on the album that I think I knew or they knew was there. And they wanted to fill. Um, it's very full circle of them. It's, yeah. a, it's a very full circle track. Like just like you, like we, you were saying on the car ride over, just like contact kind of gives you that vibe. Um, doing it right gives me that vibe as well. Um, so I, I kind of said, it, is it possible to have a palate cleanser on the penultimate track? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, I say, why not? It's Daft Punk after all. And considering how wild contact is up next, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's it on doing it right. It's me, huh? Thanks, so. Guys, this is the last Daft Punk song ever. It's the last Daft Punk song ever. Uh, if you if you listen to this album for the first time and you hear this song, this is the last new Daft Punk song you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. And that's that's uh, that sucked for me to to realize as I was writing my notes. It really sucked. Um, but yeah, and then I wrote like, what a way to send it off though. Like it starts off kind of slow. But at the end, towards the end, you're just fucking whipping through a wormhole. And I, I had a very, I had a headcanon moment on this song. Um, it's, it's, you know, it has that spoken word intro about, you know, the guy seeing the UFO. And I think that's kind of intentional. Obviously, they want it to be a spacey song. Um, and it, it, like I said, it, it launches the, the listener to through a wormhole. Um, it's very peaceful and chaotic, but it's almost like uh, it's the end of Space Odyssey, where it's just psychedelic lights. Yeah, that's what this song reminds me of. But Space instead, babies. yeah, yeah, I, I, I zoomed out and I saw silver and gold kind of holding hands, kind of like zooming through this wormhole. And then as, as they as the song picks up and it gets more chaotic and more you know more peacefully chaotic, they zoom off into space and they kind of disintegrate and become one with space, which is what they always kind of wanted to be to begin with. And there's just a beautiful kind of finality to this song to me, both for the album and now for their career. And, um, yeah. And I said, you know, so long, you crazy robots. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's all I got to say about contact, man. I just, mm-hmm. it's yeah. surreal. It's still surreal. See a space cowboy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Um, is it me? Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, contact. It's it's a tough one to frame a perspective around almost for me. I, starting with that spoken word from it's an Apollo mission, uh, you know, presumably about them seeing a UFO, um, and then it launches into this hyper dramatic instrumental with hyper chaotic effects, and it simulates something unknown. Yeah. Um, but it definitely calls images of space travel to mind. I think it's a nod to Daft Punk's entire career being all about humanity's next step. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it could be about Daft Punk's spaceship landing on earth, or maybe now knowing it's the last track on their last album, it could be their spaceship leaving earth. And, you know, we're just left to pick up the pieces of our memory after that cacophony of their exit. 
um, and, and on that track too, to learn that humanity has had, already had its first contact. And it was with the super dimensional beings known as Daft Punk, who just took a pit stop here on the pale blue dot to grace us oh. with the sound of the future. <laughs> I gave, I gave us Cowboy Bebop. You gave us Carl Sagan. Yeah. I like it. Beautiful guys. Yeah. That drum solo that starts yeah. at 140. That's all I remember from this song. <laughs> Holy hell. I looked up drum covers. I love the drums in yeah, this man. song. I don't know who did them, but bravo to whoever did because it kind of felt like trance-like. Yeah. And as soon as those drums kicked in, it was just like caught yeah. my attention. Yep, it was we're like, in. Um, and it kind of carries the momentum for the rest of the song. And uh, kind of the way we enjoy last songs on an album, it felt like more than any song that we've done so far, it just felt like it just like seared off into. Yeah, into you're space. done. You're yeah. it. You're, what, you're is, waving. You're standing yeah. on the surface, and you're waving goodbye to this album. It's yeah. done now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a lot more poetic than I planned on it being. But <laughs> holy shit, the drums are dope. The drums are awesome. Yeah, I mean, just it, uh, this is a great ending track. I think the, the great opener, great ending. What more can you ask for from an album, really? I mean, mm-hmm. so as long as you feel satisfied at the end and beginning, you're good. You're good to go. Again, as long as love is the answer, you're home. And that's, uh, yeah. And having go. something different, even though we're 70-something minutes in yeah. at this point, uh, I thought that was really cool. Like, there weren't any profound drums up until this point. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I really do think, I think these last two songs were very much hearkening back to, like, old Daft Punk stylings. And to, so for me, that was great to hear at the end after, like, like again, my first few listens, I was like, "What the fuck?" I wasn't expecting a funk album. Like, I wanted Daft Punk, and I didn't get it. And I was, I was kind of, almost kind of angry at it. But then again, as I listened to it, and it's, it just, it's a beautiful, beautifully produced, beautifully made album. And you know, this is a perfect send off to the album, and again to the band. So, yeah. it, it, I agree. Like it, I. I love the album the first time I heard Jojo by Maroto. Like, yeah, Giorgio, Giorgio was a great track for <laughs> but, me. Um, but I absolutely know where you're coming from because I felt that too the first time I listened to it. And it took a few times more to, to understand, wait, no, I did get Daft Punk. Yeah. I absolutely did. This, this is Daft Punk. It's Daft Punk. It's, it doesn't sound like Daft Punk, but it is 100% Daft Punk. So, uh, let's go into closing thoughts. Um, Dill, you start. Okay. Uh, this was a pleasant surprise. I didn't like all the songs. It's a it's a trek to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'll definitely pick out some songs that I really enjoy, and I think it'll keep me interested enough to maybe go back and listen to some of their older albums. Like if you guys, if the last two tracks are any indication, I might have a harder time than I would. You might album. really like Human After All. Yeah, it's it's a very like, rock driven kind of electro rock yeah. album. I'd be surprised if you liked Homework, but. Yeah, I don't. Um, I'm, I'm not even huge, a huge fan of homework, but uh, Discovery is my jam. Yeah, Discovery. I, just, I, I think everybody should love Discovery. So <laughs> yeah. it just depends on what I catch myself doing. I think because when I was doing things around the house and I was listening to it, I found myself not like focusing on it as mm-hmm. much, and I enjoyed it more that way. I sure. think. Um, so maybe you know I'll throw it on when I'm working out and see what happens. I think if you're going to listen to Discovery, I think you should listen to Discovery in the cloak of Interstellar fifty five fifty five because that's what that movie is. There's no spoken word; it's just yeah. a, an art piece for the album. There's no breaks in between the tracks. That the, the, the album just plays, and it's like an animated version of the album and it's really it tells a really cool story and you get the sense of the kind of theme of what discovery was supposed to be and it's really it's really fucking awesome like yeah. that's 
Sorry, go ahead, and I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, no, I mean, the only thing I had left was, you know, we talked last week about how important the story so far was to me, and I know this is important to you. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about, you know, maybe pumping the brakes on, you know, <laughs> yeah. getting out of the sentimentality, but I really enjoyed being able to hear this and, like, I can kind of picture what you guys are going through. Like, damn, this is the last. And I don't Sucks. have a lot of emotional connection to him, but, you know, it still felt powerful. Yeah. So I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did this album. Me too. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's it, like Ben's talking about, talking about Daft Punk in the, the past tense now. It's tough to deal with for me. It's still hard because... I grew up listening to adults say, man, I wish I could have seen Led Zeppelin in concert. For me, Daft Punk is my Led Zeppelin now. I never got to... This is the first band that I grew up listening to that isn't still making music and isn't still touring that I never got to see live. And it rips me up to shreds inside. Now, I have a little bit of relief knowing that they didn't just didn't tour very yeah, much that's the one <laughs> and that's they the only one saving they really only did it at festivals they didn't really have like a daft punk tour i mean they like they, well, they, 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 2007 was like it was a tour, was a tour yeah. but you know so they, it was 97 yeah true but i mean that's all they did they had like two big tours in their entire 30 years of making music so that makes me feel a little bit better but it still it just rips me apart from the inside knowing i'll never get to see Daft Punk Live. And it's the first time I've had to deal with that as an artist. And I think that's why where a lot of my profound sadness comes from about them splitting up. Like I knew it was going to happen. Like they hadn't been active since this. They haven't done anything except for produce Starboy. Oh, yeah, Starboy. And <laughs> yeah. they did another track with Weekend yeah, too. Like. Yeah, they did on the same album. Yeah. So, I mean, they just haven't been active. And they're reclusive anyway. Um, you know, it would always be like, oh, are they going to do a surprise set at Ultra? Are they going to do a surprise set here? And that, that's been the thing. They, they, that's, that's the power of Daft Punk. They hadn't produced music since 2013. And people every year were like, oh, shit, they might, I hear Daft Punk might be playing this year. And like, yeah. it's 2019. They haven't done anything forever. Why would they show yeah. up? But it's just, it was people clinging to that hope of, fuck, maybe they'll finally do it. Maybe our heroes will finally come back and save us. And they just... They never did, and it sucks. But I'm glad they went out on their own terms because it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have felt right if they didn't. Yeah, it would have been weird if they released an album and did a, did a farewell tour and like because that's not Daft Punk. It's, yeah. it's not it's not how they do things. And yeah, it sucks, and it's it's it sucks for fans. But I, I went through like a full grief cycle already, and where I, I'm, I'm very I'm just so happy that they get to do what they want to do and what like they always have done. They never felt they didn't feel pressure to release a new album. I'm sure they have a ton of m- music that they haven't released, and I, I would love to hear it. But I, I'd be okay if I never heard it either. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I'm happy for um, Tomah and Guy Manuel, and I hope they I hope they live the best lives they possibly can because they deserve it. Because again, they changed music forever, mm-hmm. and that can't be denied. So um, I love them. I'm going to miss them. Uh, I've cried. Like I said, I cried like a baby um, when I watched that uh, epilogue. And then I immediately watched the live 2007 set from Lollapalooza that year. And I cried a little bit more. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's tough to lose a band that you love so much. And it's been around for almost my entire life and really kind of informed a lot of the music that I love. They're the reason I love clean production so much because I was so used to hearing just absurd production value that I couldn't listen to music without it. So yeah, I'm going to miss them. That's, that's really all it is. Yeah. It's, it is tough. It is tough for us as fans who have loved them our entire lives. Um, because we, if you're, if you're like a real fan of, of Daft Punk, I think like you and I, like 
you know, this is, this is it. Like yeah, there's you know. a real, there's a real finality to it because Daft Punk doesn't make a decision like this and not stand by it. Yeah. Like it's 1999. Well, we're robots now and they were robots yeah. for the rest of time yeah. and for the, for the next 21 years, yeah. 22 years, whatever it was. Um, so, so this is definitely it. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see anything. Yeah. This, they would again. never say like, this is it. And then come out and actually like, Oh, Hey, surprise. Yeah, It's, not, it's, it's just, just not, not how they do. They, it's it, just not. Yeah, if you're a real fun of fan of Daft Punk, you know, and that, I think that's why the, the pain was so sharp because if you really do know how they are and you, you've studied kind of how they do things, like you, you like you said, you know, this yeah. is it. This is final. Yeah. Um, so in terms of closing thoughts, I have so many, <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of random access memories as a whole, uh, I think I, I can look back at, back at it and say it's, it's the feather in the cap of a wildly successful career. Yeah. And by any metric, no matter how you look at it, Daft Punk were incredibly successful commercially, um, across multi multiple channels, um, they were multimedia megastars. Like I said, like they were internet pioneers. Yeah. Um, you know, they were out at the forefront of the whole Vine craze. That's how they introduced their track list for um, random access memories. Uh, their show equipment. Yeah, the pyramid. <laughs> Let's dude. talk about that for a second. From a live 2007, that tour is legend. The the pyramid and the way they use their visuals. And the way they timed it with the songs, like it, listening listening to their sets from Alive 2007, it feels like Human After All. The album was almost made specifically to do that tour. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Like so, they could mix it in with tracks from Discovery and Homework, yeah. and and inc- it produced this incredible show. Yeah. Like this one time, like this is it. You better be going to see Daft Punk in Alive <laughs> yeah. 2007 because it's never going to happen again. Well, isn't <laughs> the legend of Human After All that they created it in like one studio session in like 40 minutes or something like that? that yeah, I think that was like that one studio session. I, <laughs> that would make sense. But I mean, there's other stuff too. Like, um, so they, they soundtracked the entirety of the newest Tron movie yeah. came out in 2010, I think. Uh, so that was before random access memories and they released all that. They have, re- there's a remix album that I really love from those. Yeah. The remix Tron. album was good. And they, they were, uh, they appeared in the movie as DJs at, as at a virtual club. It's the, the only the reason I went to go see it. Well, yeah. I had that and I love the Tron franchise, but yeah. the main reason was to see the Daft Punk on screen for like yeah. 30 seconds. And it, it was yeah. awesome. It made me so happy. <laughs> it was fucking great. Yeah. It made me so happy. And then there, there's the anime. It's basically an anime that yeah. Interstellar 555, but, but it's, it's not like an anime that you would think of like traditional Japanese style, but it's just animated. Um, but it's just, it's just a music video to the entire album. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of the coolest things. I've never seen anything like that in, in anything since. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, because I knew Daft Punk before Discovery. Like, I was aware of them. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was watching Toonami on Cartoon Network. This is back when, before Adult Swim started, and Toonami Late Night was like anime. And they just, Tom came on, and it's from a spaceship, and they just played the first four songs from Interstellar 5555. And I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever fucking seen in my life. And I can't, and my freaking mind. ever since then, from that, from that moment in my life, in 1999, I was in what, like seventh or eighth grade? Yeah. And I was like, this is the fucking coolest shit I've ever seen. And I just fell in love with Daft Punk from that point on. And I, I, I there, I don't know. They, they define a lot of who I became. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that was just I wanted to you know make sure to frame it in just how much they touched because they touched a lot and everything they touched they advanced like they were always ahead of their time and mm-hmm. everything. And um, when you think of Daft Punk, you think of the future. Um, 
and that that was actually a, a line that I that I wanted to say from a, a YouTube video. It's just entitled "Thank You Daft Punk" by Sam Scheifel or something like that. I don't know. I have no idea who he is, but yeah. I thought it was a really cool video. Um, but he's right. When you think of Daft Punk, you think of the future. Because everything they touched, every time they appeared, it, it pushed things further. It did. It pushed music further. Um, it pushed EDM further, for sure. Um, even when it's behind the times, like mm-hmm. random access memories. <laughs> yeah. It still pushed things further. Um, so Daft Punk was incredibly formative to the person I am today. It came down to watching on Toonami with you. Like, that, that shit blew my mind. Yeah. And from there on, it was there was no looking back. I, I think that is what put me on this track to become the huge, you know, EDM super fan I am now. Like it put me on that track, um, and it, you know it defines you know, even in college. Like that's how I connected with a lot of my friends. Yeah. I, I first made contact with my random roommate. Uh, Chris Gunther and you know one of the first things he said on me on Facebook was like go Browns like oh boy here we go <laughs> <laughs> but like when we, when we moved in together like it started going pretty well and then we started connecting over music especially mm. and Daft Punk was one of those it was a lot of rap but it was a lot of Daft Punk too and you know he's still one of my closest friends to this day uh, as well as me and my best friend Chad like we, we connected over Daft Punk you know King Lou and yeah. we connect over Daft Punk um so it it's it seems to have touched every element of my life, um, and I can't thank them enough for doing it because yeah. it feels like they didn't have to. Yeah, it just feels like they they didn't have to do it. Like they could have just called it quits at any time because nobody really knew who they were anyway. <laughs> and it, it's it's mind blowing. Their entire career is mind blowing. It's surreal that it's over. It's surreal that it ever even happened. But at the end of the day, I'm going to look back and just say thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, Toma and Guy Manuel. Thanks, Silver, Silver and Gold. Gold. You know, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't can't can't really add much more to that. But yeah, I do. You know, I'm very thankful for what they gave us, and uh, it's it makes me happy. They make me happy, man. It, and that's nothing. Uh, as long as music makes me feel something, I like it. But music that makes me happy is always going to be my favorite. And you know, there's not a Daft Punk song out there that doesn't at least make me smile. So. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about uh, what we got coming up here? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> let's um, let's let's bring the mood back up a little yeah, bit here. Yeah. Sorry, uh, we got somber. Yeah. So Kevin and I are going to try something out next week. Yep. Uh, we're doing a um, a monthly. I don't even know what you want to call it, but a theme, a theme, a motif. Uh, we're, we're going for new metal march. Yep. It was catchy enough for us to do it. We've been talking about new metal for a little bit. Um, so it's my turn to go next week. I picked, uh, PODs, the fun fundamental of Southtown, and I'm really excited to talk about it because I'm not super well versed with new metal, but I freaking love POD. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I grew up with new metal, man. Like, yeah, yeah. like I grew up as a metal, like I, you know, obviously I've loved Daft Punk forever, but you know, I was a metal head growing up like through and through, but, and a lot of it came through like the Deftones, Corn. Limp Biscuit in the late '90s, like uh, Lincoln Park, shit like that, where it was had that rap rock element to it, yeah. and that shit was all I listened to for a large period of my life. And so I'm excited to talk about new metal. There's a lot more new metal than I thought. There's a whole playlist on Spotify that I was digging through just to to get myself a little bit more familiar. Yeah. And I'm really excited for us to to you know kind of try something out. We're gonna do some themes, and uh, Ben, you're always welcome to come back. 
I would, I would love to talk about new metal. Yeah. <laughs> so since the last, well, I guess even on the last episode and still would have been talking about EDM, but I promise to the listeners, I don't just listen to EDM. <laughs> ben does listen to a, Ben has a very like wide ranging. Yeah. Oh, I would have talked about Ozzy at least. On the yeah, topic. that's yeah. true. Yeah. I talked about Ozzy a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, POD, uh, fundamental of Southtown, you know, you can take it with a grain of salt because we switch it two weeks in a row. Uh, we'll put it in the, <laughs> yeah, in that's the show right. notes. <laughs> I do eventually want to talk about Swerve because I, I do like that album. And I think you said you liked it a little bit There's too. There's a lot of parallels between the album we just did. That's true. Yeah. Very similar yeah. sounding. I got that vibe because I, I listened to it yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, we also are going to introduce um, Song of the Show. So everyone can yes. the song. Oh, I forgot um, about that. And we're going to add the playlist to uh, the, the show notes. That way you guys can check out the songs we're talking about. Um, ben, if you want to go first, you can talk about yours. Since you don't have one. <laughs> did I, did yeah, I not put it in there yet? I think I did. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mine is, I actually sent it to these guys a few days, a few days ago, I think. Oh yeah, that's um, right. It's a track called Enemies by Estiva featuring Rabbits. Um, who I, I'm not, I haven't looked into them yet, but they've been doing a lot of uh, featured vocals on some of my favorite guys. Uh, EDM tracks. It's, it's definitely an EDM track. Don't, don't have any doubt about that guys. Um, but it's, uh, so it's, it's new. It's, it's. It's kind of like a trance pop. So it's definitely got some sensibilities in it that you don't typically hear out of the trance genre. Um, so it's got a very fresh feel. Um, yeah, I know Estiva as well as an artist, and it doesn't really sound like totally within his um, idiom. So, yeah, it was fresh and fun. Yeah. Me? Yeah. Cool. So one of my, my favorite metal band maybe ever, Gojira, is coming out with a new album in April, I believe, and they've released two singles from the album. And the latest one, Born for One Thing, is, oh, it's a fucking ass kicker, man. Holy shit, does it fucking rock, dude. I love Gojira because I've talked about it with Death Clock. You know, they, they growl, but they do it tonally. It's not just growling for the sake of growling. And they he actually sings when he growls. And they're just, they're the best metal band maybe ever. And it, just because of the, the way they push the genre, they're prog metal at its at its finest. And it, 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 this is a great track. Yeah, I listened to it on the way to the gym and I said I was going to pick a fight with first time song. It was a pre-workout well, and it's, it's yeah, funny I thought you were too. talking about enemies at first. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it's funny too because Gojira is very, like if you listen to their lyrics, they're like environmentalists. And they're kind of like, they're like a lot of their lyrics are very hopeful and not aggressive at all. Um but the type of music they make, like the sonically, holy shit, does it make you want to punch shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song I picked is Not Like the Others. It's <laughs> Cheers uh, with Wiz Khalifa by Black Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know why I like it so much, but I think it's like kind of, Black Bear kind of fits into like the alt pop. Yeah. It's kind of where I find myself listening to pop music a little bit more because same with Love, he just has like a little bit more alternative sensibilities. And it's just such a catchy song about like, I've been really sad, but fuck it, let's drink to it. Yep. And it's just like a really cool little song. And it's cool to hear Wiz Khalifa because it sounds like old Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. It sounds like um, Young, Wild and Free yeah. and that kind of Wiz Khalifa. So it was just like, didn't really track with, with the song. Like when Wiz Khalifa comes in, I'm like, <laughs> what is this? Oh boy, you know go. what? I'm still happy because... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, it was like a hopeful song and I normally don't pick happy songs. So I tried to pick one that was a little bit on the happier. Well, good. So. I'm glad to see you're not a sad boy this week. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got my taste with proper dose last week. So, I'm good. Um, so yeah, this episode is going to be about two hours long. So we appreciate everyone that stuck it out with us. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and do song of the show at the beginning of the shows for now on that way. 
we have a little bit of stuff to talk about before the episode. Yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, thanks for sticking it out with us this week, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you. Thanks for having me back.